0: Hey, movie lovers, welcome back for another Anatomy of Movie here at the Popcorn Talk Network. Today, we're dissecting Jason Statham's new movie called The Meg. That's right, The Megalodon comes back from prehistoric times and eats everyone alive. Spoiler alert. Just kidding. We'll find out.
1: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. (coughs) We're here. Is it Jaws? Is it Piranha 3D? We'll find out. <laughs> Allow me to introduce Marissa Serafini.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: Dimitri Panos. Hey,
1: everybody. Movie fans, welcome back.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I've always been here.
0: Except for the last episode we did. That is true. Which, check out if you like Black Klansman, which I know the two are very similar in theme. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally.
2: <laughs> and
0: I'm Phil Svitek. Good to be here. A couple things right off the bat. Number one, if you're joining us for the very first time, well, welcome. If you're returning, welcome as well. Uh, you know at this point that uh, here, here's how we do things. Number one, we're not just a review show. We go into depth, with doc storylines, plots, and also give you the how and the why, meaning why certain story elements work, how they were made uh, from a behind-the-scenes perspective, and of course, we get into the marketing, the promotion, the box office, and all that stuff. So, all them goodies. Speaking of which, all of our research is compiled for you in a little PDF in the description box that you can click and follow along. Because sometimes we don't get to every little minutia, but nonetheless, it is there for you to browse through later. And last but not least, if you couldn't tell by my the sound of my voice, this is going to be very spoiler-filled. So, if you haven't seen it... That's okay. It's not the world's worst movie that I spoiled, <laughs> I guess. But nonetheless, I encourage People. you to see the movie first, and then check us out. So, so like, put us on pause.
1: You mean to tell me you weren't shocked by that big twist? That, you know, that it actually was a porpoise the entire time? <laughs> well, since you asked, normally we go into overall thoughts, but I'll just
0: skip ahead. And <laughs> see right. this. I did not know this movie would have two <laughs> megalodons. And that is what I want your reaction on.
2: <laughs> well, me neither going into this film, but admittedly, there was a point in the movie where I did have a thought what if there's two? Because there, there was a scene where they were explaining, they opened this channel, the heat waves. And as if you're listening on iTunes, you definitely check us out on YouTube. I have a lot of arm motions. So they opened this channel that allowed, and they said the line, 20 sharks could get through. I was like, oh crap, what if another megalodon went through? <laughs> and then sure enough. So not at the beginning, I, didn't, I thought it would be only be like one shark and done. But nope, there was two.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, first off, I am going to give my opinion. Sure. I know it was definitely (laughs) like my—it's my guilty movie pleasure Pleasure. of the summer. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not a good movie, really, but it doesn't mean I didn't have any fun watching it, especially with my audience who was like shrieking and screaming (laughs) and. you know, and, and the other thing, too, is, like, I I actually have read the books. And Meg, it was called Meg, by Steve Alton, came out, like, 20 years ago. and <clears throat> Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah.
2: Geez. 21. Ooh, A little over So, there.
1: you know, and the thing about the book is, is it's like Michael Crichton Light. It's definitely, some of the reviews said, like, Jurassic Shark. Right? And he has that, that style of Crichton by combining science with fiction and this and and it's it was a cheesy summer beach read. Like it's just fun, you don't take it seriously. I like shark stories and, and whatnot. So this movie was pretty much that. If I were gonna critique it, uh I would say I wish it were more like the book in, in various plot points, including how the shark uh, how the Meg uh,
2: gets through goes
1: topside because okay. uh, it's a really good scene it's a really great scene in the book um, and I wish that there was I wish there was more carnage like to me I like they should like when you have a creature this size like there should be body parts like flying around every, like there should be chomp And, like, boom, like, the body parts being separated. And there should have been, like, way more of, like, that shark coming up and just devouring people. There's Um, a
2: reason why there there was less carnage than you would normally see. Right, and
1: I understand. But but those are, like, my big critiques. Mm -hmm. Now, going to your point of did you know that there were two sharks, we we could... That was actually foreshadowed, and it's a Jaws reference. And this movie references... Every Jaws movie that has been made, and that's four of them. So we, so,
0: we we're gonna have a fun section where Dimitri yeah, rattles just every Jaws, every Jaws, ref-
1: Jaws reference in yeah. the movie. So, but we'll do that later. But there was a scene. I'm gonna spoiler alert, where they they had the first shark and they they lifted it up on the crane, and somebody goes, "Huh, there's something about the bite radius here that's not matching up with." So, and that's like right out of the movie Jaws. When Hooper is like, "Yeah, the, the the bite marks on this tiger shark, a what? Don't match up with the victims of Chrissy." Uh, so I was like, "Okay, that's total Jaws reference." So that foreshadowed, and then we got mega megalodon. We got Mama Shark yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So hmm. yeah, I mean, it was it was fun, and I'll go into the reference of that too. That 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 is a reference in the Jaws movies, the bait and switch of sharks.
0: Absolutely. Well, one of the things I appreciate, I, you know, it is a guilty pleasure for me as well. I do like shark movies of all kinds. I have been preaching Sharknado <laughs> since its inception, so yeah, no, it's true. You know, I, it, it's right up my alley. I I, I enjoyed a lot. As as far as um, you know, one of the things I credit this, the author in particular for. Like he's he's been fighting to sort of get this made, and not not because of his own. Sort of ambition, but because people just responded that well to these books and they said, Hey, this should be a movie. And um, back before like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or any of these crowdfunding, even before social media, he had a website that got 65,000 people to say, Hey, I would want to see this movie, which in today's day and age might not seem as much, but again, he's an author this was at the start of like when people really started using the internet like yeah. that's crazy
1: 21 years ago um, and again I, he had no idea
2: forward thinking yeah well
1: <laughs> and he had no idea that Meg like he didn't think that he would be writing six sequels to, to you know to, to the book and so he he wrote another book maybe two in between some some of the Meg books they didn't do as well. It was like, hey, no, write us another Meg book. People love this Meg, <laughs> like this Meg story. So, uh, but, but they are fun reads. And you know, when you read it, it's again I, I compare it to Crichton because when you read Crichton novels, there's a cinematic feeling through it. Like you could go, oh, I could see this on the big screen. And while I was reading this, going, oh, this would be so awesome as a movie. You know, he had that fluidity, that that cinema, that that cinematic spark. Uh, it, it, writing this, and it, they were just fun reads.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, you know, one of the things that I wanted to kick us off with was talking about did did the the notion of hiding the shark for so long in the movie hurt kind of its moment momentum? Only because, like, we know from the marketing, we know from the title at this point. Any person realistically that's going to see this movie understands that there's going to be a big giant shark. So the idea to have to hide it for so long and make it so ominous, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way it was marketed where it felt like it was going to be a lot more carnage instead of this tension. Uh, I, I felt maybe that hurt it just a little bit too too much. Um, and also we – you know, the way the movie works at the end – is when finally we get to this beach and we get to all these people that... Uh, th- th- I don't know them, but I love them. Sure, they're great. But however, on screen, I haven't developed an attachment for them, so I'm like, okay, this is where everyone dies. Great. They're chum.
2: Yeah, yeah. they're chum. I don't... To, to answer your first question, I don't think the movie deterred from... I mean, this is a thriller suspense in for a reveal of a big scary creature. If you think about it, we saw the, the first Meg probably in like 20 the first 20 minutes of the film that's really not that long and we know from the trailers what a big megalodon already looks like and i think just the reveal of the full meg the first time it's in darkness there was the suspense there was the music buildup we know something was coming after the little hovercraft thing underneath it was actually a submarine, whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, um, the, the, the vestibule that they were stuck in, we knew that something was going to attack them. So I don't think we waited, actually. I don't think the film took forever to reveal it because we saw it in the first 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say I wanted more shark. I wanted more Meg. There was a lot, again, I'm just going back to the book that was... A lot of Meg going on, and I, I wanted some more Meg. The pacing for for, for a, 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 an action thriller like this, for me, there were parts of it that were long, mm-hmm. it, without without the shark, without the megalodon, um, and I think it could have used the you know, like 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 the saying goes, uh, more cowbell. This mm-hmm. could have used more Meg. Um, but, again, ultimately, I still still had fun. I didn't, you know, I thought the way that it was presented with the submersible being stuck and mm-hmm. it getting crushed, like, like, like the Jason Statham, like they're, they're trying to rescue it. I thought that scene was filmed actually really well, and it, it was good. So, you know, when we finally see it and we're anticipating it, because they did give it away. They give it away in the trailer. So... um once once it's there, I know my audience was like, yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah. see, the thing is, I think it takes longer in the movie Jaws to reveal <clears throat> the full shark than it did in this film.
0: Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like Jaws did something completely different, and Jaws was a it was in and of its own time, and yeah. a byproduct of that. At this point, we know those tropes. Yeah. So we can
2: and,
1: speed it up. We need
2: instant gratification you have I, to see it faster.
1: Yeah, well, I don't. Know. Well, 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 Jaws. There were reasons why. I mean, the shark just didn't work, so they had to film around that. That's why the, the shark, the opening to the original Jaws, is would have been, had the shark worked. You would have gotten a completely different beginning. So they had to work around the follies of the shark. Here what I don't like is like many people are like comparing this to Jaws. And I'm like, no. no. no, no. like you can compare it to Deep blue Sea if you want to. Don't compare it to like an all-time classic. This isn't that movie. Um I don't think they I don't think like they hid the shark so so to speak, and when he shows up I was I was fine. I was like, all right. He's here. All right, start eating people. Yeah, I think
0: you know. I think what, what what sort of separates is that we just spent so much time with the characters that that we had, and it, you were so attached to them that you didn't want to see them die. And some of them, granted, did die, and those were tragic deaths. With like starting off with like Toshi and and whatnot. Um, I really like this character. Mm-hmm. You just needed more kind of innocent bystanders that that didn't ask for this and i think i think if if anywhere I w- want to get your your perspective on this um to me the movie took a misstep where with the uh quote unquote villain, which is not the meg for me, but it's uh Rainn Wilson's character of Morris right where he was at times a sympathetic billionaire and other times you know granted even when he was sympathetic, he was a little bit obnoxious and and let's say ignorant. But then he went sort of villainous, um, and that just didn't quite work for me when, in fact, like, had he just been this caring guy who just wanted to now prevent this Meg from killing everything, and unfortunately the Meg just went straight for the the islands, that would have been a fun—it it, would have been a little bit better, I feel.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree that, like, there were some moments where it's like, oh, he actually cares about people. And then there were some moments, I'm like, okay, you're just naive, Or like someone who's a multi—you can quote billionaire—and he doesn't know the exact project he's funding. I'm just like, okay, who are you? You obviously are gonna die. It's just a matter of when and where. Um, I just—I don't think they really built him as a villain enough to be so dislikable that once he died, we're like, yeah, goodbye. We don't care about you, anyways. Um, I, I feel like they tried to add too many humanistic qualities to him. He, he was, like, too gray that we couldn't read his character. And that, therefore, we couldn't tell if he was actually good or bad.
1: Now, yeah, To me, he eventually turns bad. But I, I, I think to your point, he was all for the cause. Like, he was all for the team. He was all for what they were doing. He wanted to see, you know, he was also, like, he's definitely not a John Hammond if you want to compare it, this to Jurassic Park, where John Hammond wanted to do this, and his heart was in the right place. it just a little bit misguided in how to do this, right? He wanted to do this for the exploration of it all. They didn't know they were going to find this Meg. He wanted to see what his money was going to. When they see the Meg, it's like, oh, my God, we got this Meg. What are we going to do? Well, this is, this is great. I can really turn this into money. But then he turned into this jerk where oh my god people died i'm gonna get sued i gotta take care of this problem well, i'm gonna lie to them. Yeah, yeah he lies. lies to everybody and he's like i gotta go take it yeah yeah I, I notified everything see you later guys and he turned out to be a really big dick and to your point like had he just stayed the course of being like oh my god this is horrible how are we gonna fix this he would have been better but he does have like this turn where he's just like just a jerk
2: you're a jerk yeah you're a jerk you're a <laughs> jerk you're a jerk you're a jerk,
1: you're a jerk. <laughs> you're a jerk. so it, but and and I sort of kind of knew he would like from the trailers and such that he might be like a bad guy but then when, when I'm watching in the movie the characters seem to have like enthusiasm for what's going on and and I like that scene when he's in the elevator he goes I spent a billion dollars and this elevator looks like this mm-hmm. just wait and the doors open he's like oh mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is great and uh I thought you know I, I was into his enthusiasm at, at the beginning. Yeah, I was too, and I'm glad he bought it
2: and when th- he did. Yeah, you know, and I think it not to say <clears throat> Ray Wilson's a bad actor, but like we know his characters that he tends to portray as an actor, it's like kind of the the jerk <laughs> of the of the office uh, of the room. You know, he he's always that guy. Like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, so I just couldn't take him like as a serious nice right. person just because I know him. And his characters, he he is a, a character type of actor. Yeah,
0: and and usually ridiculous. Like when Dwight from The Office is just a ridiculous character. Right. Exactly. Um,
1: so that know.
2: didn't help him either. And, and he did have that
1: that one line too. Is like, well, why don't you just tag it? Number one, I don't know how radar couldn't pick up a beast of that size. <laughs> and I'm like, really, you got to tag something that's like hundred feet long and the size of uh, like hundred yards wide? Okay. And he's like, why don't you just tag it? And they look at him and have goes, do we watch Shark Week? <laughs> like, And then they go, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea.
2: Which by the way, these are scientists. They should know that. <laughs> they
1: should know that. Well, and, uh, Here's the thing. every uh, Maria, Every shark movie
0: just... now has to have a reference to Shark Week. Right. It just you know, <coughs> you could look at Shark Night. you to make uh, it relevant. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because, you, well, you have to, you, you know, everyone's love and fascination for sharks you have to kind of put in the movie. It's just a trope. It's a yeah. new trope. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do want to applaud the movie for, though, is this, uh, I've never seen it before. Maybe you guys have. I'm not sure. But this misdirection of a love story. Where in any <laughs> yeah. other movie, the guy that saves his ex-wife from being killed... In a submarine, but you know they all get this back like together. Romance, <laughs> yeah, <through> like, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, nah, you know what? It's great that we're we're split up. You know what? Move on to her. She's great. I'll move
1: on to her. You know what was funny too? I, was I like, didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. And personally, I thought, look, I'm. I can't point to performances and, and praise them, but they were good enough for this film, and I felt that the chemistry that Statham had with with. Um, uh, uh, what's her name? Bing, 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 Bing Lee. Bing, Bing, Bing Lee. I thought it worked, um, but it was funny because there was a part of the movie I'm going, wait a minute, w- what happened to the ex-wife? It's like they literally <laughs> wrote her out of the movie for most of the movie. He rescues her. Oh, thanks, honey. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what? What the hell happened to her? Huh? I go, well She's not coming back. They really are focusing on this. I go, yeah, I was better with that. Yeah,
2: I like the fact that they didn't really tell the audience their backstory either why they broke up what happened between them two you just know that they, that they are officially apart they're, they're separated in, in, in that sense And but it seemed like they are civil with each other they're on talking terms whatever but they're not married and I didn't mind that because even being with uh, Bing Bing Lee's character that like Those two just had a better understanding and work. Yeah, uh, in a work relationship environment, like they had some of the like the go-get it attitude. So like their personality traits lined up better, just in character wise. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm gonna some of the differences from the book. Okay, so he wasn't like this Navy SEAL guy sent in a rescue. He was like an oceanographer, right? Uh, uh, And they were studying the ocean floor the team gets attacked by the meg he is the only one to survive this but he sees the meg and then from there he sort of becomes the ian the ian malcolm that we see in the lost world where he's discredited he's told that he's a fool all his life just goes to pot because he's he's known to be a crackpot now that's part of what led to his wife like leaving like he loses everything Because of this belief that there's a Meg out there. Um, And he's seen it and everybody discredits him. So he's like that, like I said, he's sort of kind of like Ian Malcolm. Except he loses everything in his life. So they sort of kind of capture that in the movie here. Um, You know, and, and not wanting to come back and such. And I wish there was a little bit more about that. But again, they just set it up differently. Um in in the movie, I, I liked again, I liked how it was approached in the book, where he was literally the sole survivor, so he couldn't there were no witnesses. Or at least the other way, like there were people that could sort of kinda of go, Well, there was definitely something out there. There's that doctor. jerk doctor <laughs> who they set up as a bad guy who's sort of a good guy and He redeemed, you know, himself. He redeemed himself.
0: Good for him. <laughs> um you, you know, one of the things like when you when you look at this movie, it's really more of a family movie. Than anything, And one of the things I talk, thought about while watching it is really comparing J- Jason Statham to The Rock. Because, and we've talked about it in other movies, particularly with Rampage, which I doubt any of you guys have seen. Not <laughs> meaning you guys, but our audience. Um, but needless to say, the, the Rock has gone on record to say that he forced to change the ending because he wants, a, you know, no matter what's happening, he wants a feel-good family type movie. Right. Um, and Jason Statham in this way, he is able to play an anti-hero and yet be the family man.
2: No. I wouldn't say anti-hero, more a reluctant hero. Yeah, um, Because you know he's a good guy. He can go save. You put him in a mission, he's like, yeah, send me. Um, it, like He's more the reluctant hero, and you don't expect that. I liked it because we saw how close everybody was in the in the, just the cast, the ensemble. It is kind of an ensemble. So, like, mm-hmm. you stick together, you have a better chance of surviving together. And you always see, like, the one person who goes off script or goes rogue, you know, they're usually the first to die anyway. Right. <laughs> so I, I liked we did. I can understand the whole family dynamic because I, I genuinely liked all these characters.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, same here and, and and specifically about Jason Statham like this is you know this is a big budgeted movie that that he's carrying on his shoulders but what I will say is he is coming to that part in his career where he definitely has a charisma and I think what he showed from the last Fast and Furious movie, and it really carries on in this movie a lot, is like he works well with kids. Like you buy the interaction. That fight scene in the last Fast and Furious movie that takes place in the plane where he has the, the toddler in the little carrier. <laughs> I totally forgot it's about that. <laughs> hysterical, but what makes it hysterical is the way that Jason Statham is talking to the baby. I I actually like the scenes in The Meg where Jason Statham is talking to the little girl and she's like hey crazy you know and but I like their dynamic and with that Statham builds a charm around himself it's like and, a and his character figure Sure but but he's able to pull off that charm which if you're going to be having an action movie on your shoulders You need charm. And I think he's able to pull that off here. And I really, I was like, you know what? Yes, he can start to, I know he's been in a lot of movies like Crank and such where he was the star. But now he's truly, I can say you can carry a big budgeted action film. And you can be the star because people are going to like you because of your charisma and charm and heart. Because you can play that.
0: Well, you know, shout out to uh 10-year-old uh, who plays Mei Ying. Um, she did a fantastic job because it's one thing for him to carry the scene, but she carries it equally. Yeah. And I, I thought the fact that they have so many interactions with her, they they put a lot of trust in her for the movie, and I think it pays dividends.
1: And she wasn't the annoying kid either.
2: No, and I liked her and like she, she played her part too because she she was feeding the audience or like more so feeding the characters like, this is information you may not have heard of because right. I heard it, you know, in like, private conversation. Right. Like, I thought she was great, she was endearing, and she played well against Jason Statham, but mm-hmm. also I was like, where's the security? She can get around that whole facility with no problem and like, no one's watching her. And I, I think that was like one of the one things that bothered me. I was like, who's watching the kids?
1: Yeah, it's a privilege of being like one of the architects of the
2: thing. Yeah, I could just walk
1: around. Um, but, but I did like at, her
2: under construction areas. Where's the security? With with a multi billion facility, you'd think there'd be some security.
0: Yeah, sure. but here's the thing. Even regardless, like, the security guards drove by her, and they're like, hey.
1: hey she's like, hi. Man, hi. Like, they, they just know.
0: She's harmless. She's
1: such a fixture there. But, yeah, she was good. She was good. Uh, I enjoyed watching her. She, too, had her little charisma, and uh, even the scenes uh, where she's with... with, with, with um, them, but also with Suyin, I, I, I found that the scenes she worked, she worked. She
0: she she was absolutely <clears throat> fantastic. I, I give her a lot of props. Um, I want to kind of shift gears, if that's okay with you guys, yeah. and uh, you know, because the, the the crux of what we went to see the movie for is the action, and so I want to talk about the action, but I want to do it in tandem, talking about the production aspects. Sure, okay. so I think they just go part and parcel. Hmm. Um, one of the things I, you know, uh, real fast that what makes Jason Statham so charismatic. I don't know who wrote that line for him of "just keep swimming," but just when he's, you know, out. I mean, granted, he's in like this tank, but like just doing "just keep swimming." I thought was the nicest little touch <laughs> as the camera's pulling away.
1: Not only was it a great touch, I the my the audience I saw it with just laughter all around. It was just so funny. And you hear him go, just keep swimming.
2: Well, yeah, (laughs) the funny thing is, like, he's such a brute character. You ironically don't (laughs) expect him to be singing such a fun, you know, line. And I think that also just appeals to the younger demographic, too, who's also fans of Disney. And And even that movie, in Fighting Nemo, even that movie had a shark in it. So uh, I think that was, like, a line to appeal to the masses.
1: And he he was a swimmer. So he knew what he was doing when it came to diving and how to swim and all that stuff. And you can tell he seemed to swim pretty good. He did. He
0: needed to do a lot of swimming. Yeah, he did
1: a lot. Yep. Um, Good for him.
0: Who wants to kick us off and kind of give a quick recap of how they pulled off some of these?
1: What about like, like like the two huge jet tanks sure. at the New Kamu Film Studios in New Zealand? Well, number one, it was a nice vacation for everybody <laughs> to go to New Zealand well, and yeah. film this. So, an enormous exterior tank holding a, 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 approximately 2.5 million liters. Which I'm not. I'm not in the metric system, but that's a lot of water.
2: It's their measurement. It's a lot
1: of. It's a lot of water. Divided by four, and
0: that's how many gallons, give or take. It served
1: as the water surface tank. That was the water. (laughs) So, and then a separate dive tank, 18 meters in diameter, five meters deep, holding approximately 1.26 million liters, was indoors. So, that to me is like. And again, the movie magic for me worked. I mean, it all looked like it was in the open sea. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was great. But that's uh, that's 2.5 million and 1.26 million liters of water. That's a lot of water. Yeah. And they I did hope it was f- heated.
2: Oh, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> they did five months of filming. So that's a lot of time spent <clears throat> just in the water alone for well, yeah. the
0: cast. I mean, it's a lot. I would feel a lot safer. Like To me... If I ever had to like look at making a shark movie, and we were doing it in the middle of nowhere, all of a sudden, no, no, there's just this paranoia that would probably creep in. Whereas if I know I have a tank, which is a lake, <laughs>
2: basically,
1: right?
0: It's a big lake that you just created. Yeah, as long as no one's being funny and puts a shark
1: in there,
2: right? <laughs> I'm good.
1: <laughs> and and, and Be the worst prank. And again, and again, if if you are a film historian, uh, going back to Jaws. Uh, shooting on, like one of the things that Spielberg really wanted to do was film in the ocean and that proved to be one of the worst hardest things to do because there's just no way of knowing when how these tides are going to change and whatever at least now with a Hollywood standard you have you have everything in control the way that you want it to be and you don't have to worry about boats floating away or floating out of focus or out mm-hmm. of shot which it's
2: it's, controlled it's, environment
1: yeah Spielberg uh, like you just had no idea.
0: So, yeah. And one, one of the aspects that I love about the movie cinematography and I think what works for it so um, terrifyingly is that the the idea of where it's very seamless as far as seeing the water going, going underneath and coming back out. Uh, you know, oftentimes that doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes it seem so seamless and they really took advantage of it. And it's not just like oh, if the water's coming up and down and just happens to hit, like, they're very deliberate in the movement of going underwater, coming back out, and and the way they pull that off.
2: Right. Yeah, so the Megalodon itself was actually combined shots of CG with actual practical models. And just the look of the Megalodon, I believe in the book they said uh, they described it more like translucent type of look, and it's more sensitive to light because it's deeper underwater. And right. uh, but obviously, we can't have a translucent um creature I mean right. we have to see it to to for it to be scary, so they actually gave it um actual coloring yeah,
1: color. I know in the book there was there's a big deal that a lot of it when you say translucent, um Alden described it as like a white, yeah. like a very pale pale white pure um, white luminescent. Yeah that, and again, this thing can be seen from from a distance because of uh, its disposition, let's say, from where it came from. So, yeah, the other cool thing too is, like, filming in the tanks and then that they actually did film some stuff on the actual water including the just keep swimming scene. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jason Statham, I mean, it should be no surprise that he did most, if not all, of his stunts. Okay? And, He was actually dragged, like, by a boat, which was filmed in the ocean. Uh, But when he was, like, pulled up, they actually filmed that in one of their pools, the lake. And really seamlessly editing there when you think about it, because there are two far different locations. So that was pretty cool. Uh,
0: Yeah, everything was very seamless, and even the, the grand finale... Um, with everyone at that ocean, I thought that worked really well. Um, one of the things I appreciated was its use of comedic humor, where, for example, you had the let's say college guys right. get out of the water. It looked like they saw a shark, but what they saw was hot girls. <laughs> right,
2: right. Oh, yeah, misdirection.
0: Yeah. Misdirection, indeed. I thought that was, was a fun good. moment. It was fun. You yeah. know, I, I I thought and. I think if, if the movie had more moments like that, I'm not saying like just objectifying women, but just playing towards its humorous side of things, right. I, I think it could have worked a little bit better. Because those were great moments. Yeah,
1: they were.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. So many extras on the set. There was like <laughs> 5,000 plus extras. Because, so, Turtletown, the, the director, uh, he said one of the actual... Ironically, some of the hardest days of filming was when he had all the extras. Because oh. they had to make sure during filming or, like, when they were done filming, everyone was safely out of the water. But when you have to keep track of 5,000-plus people, that takes a long time. Right. So uh, he, he said that those were tough, like, keeping tabs on everybody. And he doesn't know how many made it to the second day. <laughs> but, yeah, big-budget movies. Yeah. a lot. There was a lot of people. And he did do research before he started filming, <clears throat> like, Chinese beaches that were, That's like, right. heavily populated. And he found, like, a bunch of pictures where people were just in inner tube so close to each other he's like hey that looks like a great place that a shark would like so right. yeah hence we brought it to the international waters
0: yes indeed um and you know I thought I thought they set up a lot of you know as far as far as what worked for them setting up how they were gonna kill the shark um, and sort of points of weaknesses like you know they they whether it was the boats not the Whatever you call it. I don't know. I need to be a marine biologist or something to know this stuff. Sorry, I don't. But anyway, I, I thought they set that up and kind of it's... And the whole notion of him sort of sacrificing himself and yet he doesn't ultimately end up sacrificing himself. <laughs> I, I thought that was a nice through line of like, you, you know, it's not it's not necessarily always about who you lose, but also about who you save. Right. And um, I thought that that worked really well yeah. for the ending of... Of that. Sure. And, oh. you know, if you talk about Gore, like the fact that he, the way
1: to kill it is through the eye, ultimately. <laughs> yeah. What? The <laughs> just, blind. Just, Yeah. Well, they, 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 well, I mean, people say, if you're being attached by a shark, punch it in the nose and try to scratch out its eyes. Yeah, that's the first thing I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Other than, ah! <laughs> no. well, well, even
0: um, e- even um, With the Bing poison. Bing's character herself, like when she was trying to do the poison, she was like, "Let me mm. go for its eye, right?" It's I don't know I <laughs> try to get
1: it into the mouth. The eye, um, uh, it's a, it's a softer spot. Mm-hmm. It goes and it can go directly into the head from from where a shark's eye is, and it's a, it's, I mean, it's not a big spot, but it is a softer spot to try to insert something, right? And it's very sensitive toward. To, to the
2: animal. Well, it's a vulnerable spot on yeah. any creature. So,
0: Absolutely. Also, uh, just as a quick side note, never have I seen a movie where I was less scared of just regular sharks. Just <laughs> swarms and so I was like <laughs> <laughs> stupid little things.
2: I think scaling really does help. When we saw the Megalodon compared to a regular-sized shark that we're normally afraid of, you're like, oh, no, the Megalodon's literally 70% more scary than a regular shark,
1: yeah, and and I thought that they did a decent job scaling as well. And again, I'll just say, I urge people that if you like this sort of thing, read the first book, read the book, or the couple. they're, they're a lot of fun. And when you talk, and he really does a great job of scaling and what this thing can fit into its mouth and how vicious it is. I, I'll just say this to the opening of the book actually opens up in the Jurassic era with a Tyrannosaurus Rex just, like, coming to a seashore and, I don't know, like, to, lapping up some water, and it gets taken down by a Meg. And so, obviously, that's a that's a reference to Jurassic Park, and it's like, you get your T-Rex, a Meg can take down a T-Rex. That's how big it, and powerful it is. And I liked... Everyone's, uh, afraid, uh, of everyone's <laughs> afraid of the T-Rex. Everyone's afraid of the T-Rex. And what was the line in this movie? Like, man versus Meg is not even... It's not like, even a fight. It's not even a fight. It's a massacre or something. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: We should explore so, non-lethal options. For who? For who? <laughs> <laughs> Us for the Meg? Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, there was definitely a lot of funny lines and um, that I appreciated. In uh, that way. I
2: it, love their self-realization. Like, they cannot take themselves too seriously. Yeah,
1: and that's what makes a... Even though its budget is not B-movie, it still had that monster movie, like B-movie-ish kind of um, attitude, so to speak, uh, feeling to it. And, and, yeah, the lines were funny. It, it Again, it's just, to me, it delivers that thing. It's not for the serious moviegoer. I know the movie uh, audience I saw it with, they were screaming and they were having a good time uh watching the film so
0: well let me ask you this this ties into box office numbers, but uh, a lot of people are like bum like that that this isn't more let's say prana three d um however, when you really break it down prana three d didn't do much at the box office, whereas this
1: it's actually doing pretty good it over indexed yeah. yeah far over b- by by two um this movie was going into the weekend, people were touting it as as a really big bomb for the summer because of its 130 150 million dollar budget, and they were saying well, it was going to do no more than 23, and it ends up doing like what 45, mm-hmm. uh, and it's still during its midweeks, it's doing good, um, which is good for Jason Statham, and I think it's part marketing, and it's that time of summer, and people, I enjoyed this. Well, you brought up Rampage. I was like, I had more fun at this than I did watching Rampage.
2: Yeah, oh, Rampage I did too. Was awesome. Um, well, I think it also helps with the <clears throat> casting too. I mean, Jason—he's big in America for like the fans, and he's—he's he's, is big internationally. Fast Furious, like the the Furious movies, are huge globally. Yeah. And then when you have two well-known Asian actors, that helps with the Chinese market and the location. Takes place near China. So the, it really does help. And just with the development of this film, they partnered with China to help finance and fund this movie and, and distribute it. Right. So it did, yes, there's a lot of money going into it, but it's also being sourced to bigger uh, markets than Piranha 3D was. Yeah. That's,
0: yeah, that is true.
1: So, and it had, you know, I mean, yeah, internationally it did really well. So I know a lot of people were complaining about its budget, but there's every bit. I mean, they're saying it's 130. I had read 150,
0: but well, also about uh, yeah, about 150, almost give or take, uh, just in advertisement.
1: Yeah. So, so. It, it, over so, you know, when you you talk about foreign, 154 million dollars from foreign box office. That's 71 percent of its entire box office. Thank you, China. So yeah, and so we had 62 million. Um, here as of August sixteenth, not too shabby, uh, but two hundred and sixteen point six million dollars worldwide. Nobody really saw that coming. Um, which oh, no I one always, saw the Meg coming either. Yeah.
2: financially, <laughs> so, that's a success. It's uh,
1: so far. For I mean, it'll part. make more money, and more than likely, make its money back. And you just say to yourself, "How did people? Like, how did people miss this? Like, I mean." And they were off by a lot, so I don't know. It's one I of those just, things. I think they just
0: thought it was a dumb movie. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I mean, critics listen. Critics at the end, they have it at forty-eight percent. Yes, which is I, an awful. Well, yeah, you know. And, and here is the thing. I also look at it like the, the way you have to kind of critique a movie is a who is this for, and is is the genre that it's in good? Like you, this is a. I don't know. The genre is not a dumb movie, but it's it's a ridiculous movie. Yeah. It, it, it's tongue in cheek and all that. So you know what? For what it is, I would give it an eighty,
1: eighty five. Yeah, I mean that's fair. It's it's a you know it is a B movie to say the least, even though the budget doesn't reflect that. And it's it's a silly summer movie. I like I said, I enjoyed it more than Rampage. I had fun. Thought it could have been. There are parts where it could have been better. Follow the book. I said that all at the top. So, But ultimately, I walked out and I was like, okay. That was yeah. fine. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I had fun. So,
0: Anything to add, Marissa?
2: No, I agree because I've seen a lot of shark movies thanks to Phil. Hmm. <laughs> um, the majority of the shark movies I've been with Phil. I made <laughs> Phil watch this one again. I was like, I'm not watching this by myself. How did so, you
1: fare watching it, by the way? Because I know it's I, not like, necessarily your...
2: <laughs> it's movie. not because I thought it was more of a gonna be a scary a film scary and then movie. watching it I was like no this is actually more lighthearted yep. and more comedic and like it was lit better so you can tell there was comedy sure. involved. It wasn't as serious so like I think that helps me just as a viewer that I was like oh okay I can breathe. I don't feel like I'm actually going to die. Um, so <laughs> it helped in that way. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. I'll just say that.
1: Yeah so well, Let me, can I do my Jaws references? Or yes, well I, well, I was going
0: to cue you up because yeah. I was going to say we've talked about a lot of things, but le- the okay. one thing we definitely have to hit so, is all the Jaws references in this Jaws. movie. And, so. it, and
1: it hits every single movie, which I was sort of kind of amazed at, and I don't know if it was done intentionally or not. And uh, to you, the audience, who are who are really into the Jaws movies... Uh, maybe I missed something, but these are the ones that stood out to me. So, in Jaws, so I'm going to start in, in in order. So, Jaws, the main one that sort of made me almost groan because it was so obvious was Pippin! Pippin! Where are you, Pippin? So, the name of the little dog in this movie is Pippin, where Pippin is actually used as a foreshadowing device just before little Alex Kintner gets eaten. Mm. Um And the name of that dog was Pippin. Uh Shark cage to poison the shark. Uh That's the 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 crew of the Orca, Hooper, Quint, Brody, uh, that's what they, like, that's their last chance is, you know, know, oh, that shark's going to tear that cage to pieces. You got any better ideas? And Hooper goes down to poison the shark with the dart. Uh, And then I already mentioned the bite radius Mm -hmm. uh, on the thing. So in Jaws 2, uh, we've got Nobody Believes Chief Brody that there might be another great white in in the shores off of Amity, in this movie, we have nobody believes Jonas uh, that that there's a megalodon in existence, and in fact, it ruins his career. Um, now, here's a stretch, but um, uh, in Jaws two, uh, there's uh, 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 kids out in sailboats that 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 the shark attacks, and a lot of them flip over, and a lot of them their safe haven is the bottom ca- the capsized uh, sailboat, so they're hanging in this little flotilla so to speak uh on the bottom sides of the boat uh they they're on top of in this one our main characters it capsizes a boat and they're 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 stuck on the bottom side of the boat as they're floating away as the tides taking away uh ah, jaws 3 uh the main thing uh well there're actually two two references that I blamed from jaws 3 one is the baby shark misdirect that's a big story jaws 3 took place at SeaWorld in Florida there was a baby great white shark, and then we learn once they capture that, we learn that there's the mama shark that's far bigger. So they had that switch. There's also the uh, in Jaws 3, had the great scene in which somebody gets eaten, and we see him being eaten from inside the shark's mouth. <laughs> So in this one, we had that cylindrical tube, which was a really cool scene, that, that, that cage, I thought. Flawed cage. <laughs> right. But um, in any case, I was like, okay, Jaws 3. And then from jo- Jaws the Revenge, um, there is a banana boat sequence uh, in this movie. And uh, the banana boat sequence in Jaws the Revenge was uh, where somebody was taken off of a off of a banana boat so those are the references of all the Jaws movies that I found or easter eggs that I found in the Meg that at least struck me Uh, if there was anybody else I I could have missed something but that's what I found here's my favorite
0: (laughs) as we wrap out uh, and it's very apropos Was the actual ending because we have the boat, hmm. we're we're we zooming out and then we go underwater, which is a trope of many, many sort of movies. You go back like one of the more obvious ones for me, you can name anyone you want. Uh Godzilla, right? Right. We thought God this is the um uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt Brody one. Is it Matt? No.
1: Matt Brody one.
0: No, well it's uh, you know what I'm talking about. Back the in most, the two thousand.
1: Oh, oh, oh the um uh no uh, Ferris Bueller Ferris, uh, Bueller. Yeah, Ferris Bueller. Ferris oh. Bueller. Uh, what's his name? Uh, anyway, Matthew uh, Brody. That's it. Matt Brody. <laughs> Matt, you had, had the initials right. Um,
2: <laughs> sure.
1: There you Shut go. Up. Anyway, mm-hmm. but you,
0: you know, because because they're always setting up a sequel, right? And so with this one, you kind of get that sense. Oh, we're setting up a sequel. There's a third that we didn't know about. Dun dun dun. No, but they just write the French word for the end, fin. Fin,
1: which is funny. <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> that cracked me up. Again, it didn't take like you said. It really didn't take itself
2: seriously.
1: Seriously, that's why I should have had more carnage. Absolutely, but but it didn't, and uh, that's where
0: we are. Uh, we've talked about this movie. There's other things we could, of course, talk about, but that's what the comment section is for. Let us know what you thought of it. We'll interact with you. We'll also interact with you. Uh, through our personal uh, handles, at DMovies1701 is where Please, you can interact yep. with Dimitri. Please do. In fact, I'm told he was a big hit this week, whatever that means. I,
1: I Well, here's what happened Tessa Thompson was announced this week to be the voice of Lady, in the live version of Lady in the Tramp. And I yeah, said, She's awesome. I was like, oh, I just tweeted out, I am so on board with this. I think she's got the perfect voice for, for Lady, blah, blah, blah. I never have I ever received so many likes for something. And I have no idea because I don't have, I think I have more likes than I have followers. <laughs> so I have no idea. And I, I was like, wow, I okay. Well, there you go. I'm always going to mention Tessa Thompson in a very positive light. Deservedly so, mind you. She's awesome. <laughs> she is awesome. So I, I, it just, of all the things well, that I said. Look out for more Tessa, uh, Tessa yeah, tweets from Dimitri. Tessa
2: Thompson and the Meg. <laughs>
1: At okay. Serafini
0: TV. That's right. I and I'm Phil. I'm at Phil tech I'm excited to see more of these types of movies uh, because I think it can actually have sequels. We might
2: one. actually
1: have one now that it's made as much money as it has. I am down. But me too.
2: That's what I said at the end of watching this one. I was like, if there was two Megalodons, good chances there could be a third well.
0: Anyway. We'll be here when that happens. For other Shark movies, uh, we've done The Shallows. We've done uh, 44. Uh, for, uh, 47 <laughs> we, we did. 47 down, down. Yeah, shark, uh, yeah, all that fun stuff. Anyway, we've got other stuff coming for you, like Crazy Rich Asians. No, that's not a knock on this movie. I'm saying that's another movie that we will be covering. <laughs> anyway, see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in.